welcome to uh, the Church by the Beach podcast, a special edition where we go over the sermon from last Sunday. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the series Family Portrait as it comes along, and I guess maybe we can try and do this for each family portrait, and we'll see how this goes and see what the response is like, and uh, maybe we'll just keep it a regular thing. But the idea is to kind of go over the message and kind of go over what happened Sunday and what we should learn and take away from it. Um, I'm Brad Tullis. I'm the worship leader here at the Church of God, and I'm also the youth pastor. So, Yep, and I am Pastor Kevin Stanley. I'm the pastor. There you go. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and I hope this is uh, this, this does well for you. So do we have a name for this podcast? or The podcast. The podcast. Yeah, it's pretty creative. Yeah. I Actually, love- you know what? I think, I think maybe those who are listening to it could uh, maybe use your creative ideas. Yeah. And send us a name on our Facebook page. Yeah, you could comment. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So just make sure you go to our, our Facebook page, Singatee Church of God. Uh, if you haven't liked us, like us. Um, and just throw out, a, uh, throw out a name for our podcast. Help us out. And there's a they, we'll, we're, we're going to post this audio on Facebook for people to listen to. And uh, that's going to be a big way that people are going to see this podcast anyway. So yeah. we'll, we'll probably just... Also, go on to our website at churchbythebeach.org. There you go. Cool. Shameless plug over. Now that we can can get to the the nitty-gritty of the sermon. All right. So we're talking about how um, family portraits, like these pictures that we take of our families, they kind of showcase the the problems underneath, and we're not talking about the pictures that we send on Christmas cards or the pictures that we give out, put on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and, and Instagram. We're talking about the pictures that we get while we're trying to get those perfect pictures. Yeah. So, um, and in fact, every week, uh, if you attend here, every week you'll see those photos. Uh, there'll be a different set of three different um, pictures each week. Yeah, and you, you said that one of them looked like your family. Was Absolutely. That, was that like birthed out of an, an experience that you have with your family at a photo uh, Yeah, we're crazy. Yeah. We're, we're crazy. We can't keep the boys together when it's time to get pictures. It's like herding cats, mm. you know? <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I don't like cats, all right? Herding so, cats. I yeah. wonder if that's a profession. I don't know. It, it, I don't want to be a part of it. It doesn't sound like it'd be fun. I don't like it. Um. Yeah, and so so these, these pictures kind of uh, reveal the underlining hidden uh, conflicts that don't usually come out in public, or maybe they do, or, you know, uh, so that it kind of reveals what your family actually looks like before you get that perfect picture. Um, And so we talked about uh, this idea of uh, the the Beatitudes, right? Mm -hmm. The the Beatitudes in in Matthew 5, they give us a, uh, they give us a guideline of how to kind of direct our family in um, in ways that kind of combat hurt and kind of combat uh, pain and and um, all of the relational issues that go along with a family. And so we talked about this week, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So why is righteousness a cure to relational issues? Well, I think one of the thing was for this is that it is our responsibility to have a hunger and a thirst as Christ followers for more other things of God rather than things of our culture and society. That when we are hungering and thirsting after these things, our appetite for life will completely change. 
Right. Okay. You know, like, you know, you, you look at your physical appetite. What are the things that you like to eat that are unhealthy? Mm-hmm. And you take somebody who is eating extremely unhealthy and you're saying, look, you need to change the way your your habit is or your appetite is because all you're bringing into your body is toxins. And so therefore, everything that's being reproduced with inside of your body is 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 toxic to you. And it's so it's what causing weight gain, causing laziness, uh, it even affects your, your mental health. Yeah, for sure. So when we can change our appetite and, and eat more healthy. Like I sound like I'm a, a nutritionist here. Which well, no, because I have no idea anything about a nutritionist. This is this is actually kind of relevant for me because like recently, uh, I just noticed like I was like, man, I I feel tired all the time. And so what I did was I just kind of cut out fries, um, just from any meal I was sure. eating because I I love fries and so I, I had them with like literally every meal. I was like, can I get a sandwich and some fries? Can I get a burger and some fries? Can I get chicken and some fries? And so right. I just I just have been cutting that out and like maybe throughout the day I'll have a little bit more water or something. Mm-hmm. And man, like I just you know it's 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 improved the way that I live my life. You know sure. it, it it has and just that little tiny well, change. And and so you sharing that you know it, it falls right in line with what one of the key points that we were talking about in the sense that. If we can change our spiritual appetite, what we're bringing into our lives, uh, because we live from the inside out. Right. And so whatever we're bringing in inwardly into us is is going to be a direct reflection or it's going to show throughout our everyday conversations. Um, it, it even goes into our thinking. Yeah. And I like that you're saying that because the idea of um, for righteousness was on my mind. And so you're you're saying, which, which I think is very good, uh, don't... Don't just. Hey, what's up? You busy? Yeah, we are in a podcast. Oh, okay, never mind. Thank you. <laughs> that was Joe. <laughs> we might we might keep that in. We might cut it out. Yeah, Who we'll knows? see how that sounds. Uh, that's funny. Um, so we you need said a sign on the door next. Yeah, time. I know we. <laughs> we didn't think recording this in progress. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you said blessed, or well, the scripture says blessed uh, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So. You're saying that what we need to get right isn't the righteousness quite yet. We need to get right the hunger and the thirst for righteousness, yes. which brings about That's the, the righteousness. That's the first step. Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you, you have to create, you have to be disciplined enough and, and have self-control because, well, one thing we understand in Galatians, uh, that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Right. And so we have to allow that self-control to be a part of our lives. Uh, so that we are hungering after the right things, mm-hmm. and and you know, getting back to what I was saying previously, and that you you chimed in on, is that you know, if you want to become healthy, uh, physically, there's some things you need to do. You need to exercise properly. Um, you need to get enough sleep, so on and so forth. But one of the key things is your appetite needs to change. Your habits, your daily, what you're taking in needs to change. And so for us to get to that point where we're striving for that righteousness, we need to create a new appetite with inside of us. Mm-hmm. Just saying, look, I want more of the things of God. I want the word of God in my life. I, I, I want a deeper, stronger relationship with Jesus. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. And cool. that might mean that I have to change up, you know, these old habits. Right. Yeah. And so from there, you, you start talking about um, how kids actually learn from example. And so this is a huge... Uh, thing to get right if you have kids, you know, somebody that um, that is actually kind of responsible for bringing up the next generation has to lead by um, lead by example. You were talking about how uh, 
you showed affection to your wife. And so, Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That was, what was it? Caden? Yeah, it was Caden. We were, um, just go back to the story. And I don't know why it hit me so weird in that moment, but I leaned over, just gave my wife a kiss mm-hmm. and Caden, our youngest, our five-year-old was sitting on the couch and he, he was, I didn't notice, but he was noticing us and he was right. watching our actions. Yeah. And uh, so his reaction was, was full of giggling and laughter and like, oh my gosh, dad, I can't believe you just kissed mom in front of me. Right. Type deal. And uh, believe it was just a peck. It wasn't nothing serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I instantly it hit me and said, you know what? What I just did there was show an example of giving affection to my wife. And that is something that my, my children need to learn mm-hmm. that when they have spouses, how to treat them. Well, and it's kind of like, uh, in those little actions of, of every day, you kind of are fulfilling this goal of seeking righteousness together as a family. Sure. Um, and, 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 and kind of doing the things that God would say, you know, this, this is good to do. Well, uh, having, having a marriage that is rooted in affection for each other. You that, know? that as well as, you know, let's, let's just think about it, break it down with prayer time. Mm-hmm. You know, we pray as a family. Right. You know, we do it one because... Oh, yeah, that's that, that is where you went yeah, to we, in the we, message. We for love sure. God. We love Jesus. We, we pray over our meals. We pray before we go to bed. Uh, even when there's those uh, chaotic moments within the house and, and the boys are going crazy and I'm about to lose my mind, I go, wait a minute, stop. Let's pray. Mm-hmm. And showing an example to them and what I'm doing there is as I kiss my wife, showing affection, now I'm showing affection to God. Right. You know, and, and, and these boys are, are they're training up that way. They're being trained that way. They're being able to see that. Um, how about this reading the Bible? Mm-hmm. Uh, going to church, making church a non-negotiable thing that is a priority within the home. Right. Uh, this is These are things that, that we can show affection uh, to our Savior in front of our family. And so we begin to change that appetite. So you, and then, so you went on to talk about uh, what doesn't work and what does work. And so for what doesn't work, we have legalistic Christianity and cultural Christianity. Sure. And so uh, can you kind of, um, why why those two things? Why, why like, I mean, you, you could have chose to attack a lot of different oh, yeah. things in the home. So what, what do you think? You think those two are like one of the biggest well, killers? One of the things that, again, I bring my family out in all of my messages. I'm, I'm a family-oriented person. And so to do this message series is is something that's near and dear to my heart because I believe, uh, jumping off a little topic here, but I'll get right back to it. Mm-hmm. But I believe that we are so focused on us individually that sometimes we forget about the spiritual aspects for the family, that we get caught up in schedules and schooling and sporting activities and you know all these other things that we really leave out God in a lot of ways, not intentionally. Um, but I want us to intentionally get back to understanding that God needs to be the focal point. And so what happens a lot of times with, you know, I brought out legalistic Christianity and cultural Christianity, legalistic Christianity, you know, the do's, the don'ts, the should, shouldn'ts, oughts, ought not to's, you know, almost in the sense of, well, you know, being living the Christian life is about what I can't do or what I can do mm-hmm. when that's not the basis of it at all. I mean, right. you look in uh, Matthew chapter six, verse it's 33. It's not the root, it's the fruit. There you go. Yeah. But Matthew chapter six, verse 33, you know, we, we are in specifically instructed that, but to what seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things, these things shall be added to you. Right. Are we truly seeking God first? Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
if we're seeking God first, then the do's, don'ts, oughts, ought not tos, shouldn't, shouldn'ts mm-hmm. should be a lot easier to live out. Yeah, because they become God something first, that you want to do. You want to do it. Your yeah. desires change. You're again going right back to the appetite. Mm-hmm. Your appetite is changing when you're putting God first. And then when when you inevitably fail, because you will. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you inevitably fail, you <laughs> you actually are sorry for it. You're repentant because you're like, oh. Well, this is actually something against my God, whom I love and whom I want to please. And so um, then it becomes, well, he saved me. He's already done everything that he can for me. And so mm. you, you start to say, wow, like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm uh, I, I want, uh, well, you know, Paul says it in Romans 7. He says, uh, the things that I do, uh, I don't want to do. Yeah, and we talked things, about that last night in our yeah. Bible study here. Oh, did you? Yeah, we actually did. Yeah, the things I, I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I do, I don't even want to do. And it's talking about this battle with his flesh where he uh, he, he still has this these sinful desires. Um, and I think that's that's a good thing because um, with a lot of these, these points, they are, I mean, they're things to do, but the underlining principle in all of them is that you love God. And, and so you do these things because Absolutely. you love God. You know, and then we looked at cultural Christianity, uh, which simply meaning that, you know, we believe in God, but we're allowing the culture around us, society around us to define how we're living that out. Right. And, uh, you know, almost to the sense of we're, I hate to say it, but we're almost embarrassed. Right. Yeah. You know, we feel uncomfortable because others around us might feel uncomfortable. So, yeah. And trying to get away from that mentality, understanding that, look, regardless of everything that's happening around us, we have to. Mm-hmm. We must put God first. Right. So For sure. Um, and so then you went to uh, what does work. And this is, this is I really like this part because um, you said we are not just a Christian family. We are a Christ-centered home. Um, and, and, and then you, you cite this verse, uh, Psalm 63.1, which I think is the cornerstone of the message, mm-hmm. is, is, is what I've been kind of... Uh, as I listened to this message over again, I was like, "So this is this is where, um, this is where it all kind of gets brought together, and then we kind of draw application from it." Absolutely. Um, and Psalm sixty three one says, "You God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water." And then Jesus actually picks this up, and he he talks about him being the living water, and so we thirst for the living water. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, when we go and we talk about um, the root cause of why we want, to, like, 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 why, why even want to be righteous? You know what I mean? Like, what, like, so, so, why even want to be uh, holy? Why even want to be in favor with God? Like, is it, is it that great? Is it, it are we even on the right side? Like, and I think this answers it um, in the sense that, like. The righteousness of God, you know, um, the Jesus on the cross, Jesus, uh, the actions of Jesus are so appealing to the outcast, to the mm-hmm. person that's downtrodden. Um, you just you you know by the actions of Jesus that that he's right. Like First John three two through three says, "Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared to us yet." What we will be, we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this this hope fixed on him 
purifies himself as he is pure. So I, I heard this guy, Mike Donahue, he's the lead singer of 10th Avenue North, and I love listening to him. And mm-hmm. he said this quote, um, he said, uh, how beautiful is the face of God if merely hoping to see it purifies us. Wow. And I said, okay, so that's what I'm striving for. That's the beauty that we're kind of going for in in seeking righteousness. Like, okay, so God's so much more beautiful than any other pleasures in this world. And so everything that he's promising, promising us is a, an appeal to our pleasure, like what we want to do. I, th- I was like, wow, okay, so this... So now these aren't rules; these are avenues to what I really want. That's God, mm-hmm. and I think I think that's 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 the whole goal of this verse is to show you how much um, how much David. I think I guess if if David wrote Psalm sixty three, I'm not too familiar with who individually wrote every single psalm, but you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. I mean, it's just it, God, God, God. Oh. That's that's it. Yeah. One, one of the things that you see within that verse is, you know, David, or, you know, the psalmist, we'll, we'll say yeah, yeah, the psalmist. that one, right? Let's, let's just be... Yeah, so we don't get into the whole debate on that yeah. one. But, you know, the psalmist, uh, he's not communicating, hey, you know what, when it's convenient for me, or, you know, hey, whenever I need you, but it's in every moment of every day, every bit of me is longing for you. That's in every activity, every attitude, every conversation, that's in... Everything that we're doing, we're longing for God and, and wanting more of God. I mean, you know, it's not I'm longing for, you know, imagery within my my um, circle of friendships, how they see me. It's right. Not, yeah. You know, uh, clout, as the kids say. Yeah. You know, there you go. Right. I'm getting old, I guess. Whatever. But it, it, it's it's in everything. I'm I'm going after you, God. And, you know, nothing's really going to stop me there. So but, you know, how do we do that? Yeah, well, that I think um, is that is that something you were going to answer? Yeah, absolutely. Go, How go, do we do that? Go ahead. How about invo- involving God intentionally every day within conversations? Right. That that's a great start. Mm-hmm. I gave the example that uh, uh, my wife and I we were coming off the beach two weeks ago, and uh, it was right around sunset, and I looked out, and as I was driving off. I was like, I was just in awe over the sunset in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my first reaction was to my wife. I said, wow, look at that. How can anyone say God did not create? Just right there. In naturally. Front of my, yeah, naturally. It just naturally happened yeah. that way. But right. And, and I noticed that, you know, well, you know what? We involved God in this conversation. How mm-hmm. much more do we need to involve God in our daily conversations? Right. And, you know, we as a family, we were all together in that moment. And uh, again, it's another example of changing appetite. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Just just the, the joy of that moment was probably felt by you as well. Because like you're like, oh, wow. Like this is, um, you know, not, not to say that you, you don't do it like besides this. But right. in that moment, you recognize like this, this is involving God. This is, this is uh, giving glory to God unprompted. Like that, that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good thing for me to be doing. Sure. Um, Make church non-negotiable was your, oh was your second thing. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. That's big. I, it's almost, and, and I don't mean to come down on this too hard, but at the same time, I do. Yeah. I want to be very intentional uh, in, in saying, you know what? Be the leader of your home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to jump ahead of myself, but Joshua says, for, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Right. 
doesn't say as my children feel it's convenient for their schedule. Yeah. Are you following me here? Mm. Uh, we need to make it a priority that church is a non-negotiable. We're not re-deciding to go to church every Sunday, yeah, every Sunday sure. morning or every Saturday night. I, w- I showed a video to the youth group the other day. Um, and by the other day, I think I mean like last year. Uh, <laughs> I, think it, I, think it was, I think it was like uh, Russell Moore. I think that's who it was. And he was talking about, uh, can you be a Christian and not go to church? And he goes, I mean, yeah, I guess. But why would you want to? Yeah, there you go. Why it's, would it's, you want it's to? It's like it's like it's like he said he said it's like driving a car at night with your lights off in the middle of like a like a forest. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's like it's like that that's not something you want to do. Uh because there's there's snares, there's traps, there's terrible things along the way. And like the church, um, done right can can really just help you um get through all of those kind of uh, traps like that people can lift you up you know um how how proverbs says that the, the two men are better than one you know mm-hmm. one man sharpens the other so uh i i just so if if you were to go it alone and you were to say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure that my sins are dealt with and that's fine well you you're, know you're probably gonna fail like a, like like very much so understanding this that us going to church is we are a family we're a church family right God makes special emphasis within the family I mean with within you know the first uh what two chapters in Genesis or three uh the first family is is brought together mm-hmm. I mean right away family is is instituted by God well and what's interesting is and and I don't know if you'll totally agree here but Jesus, I think, redefines what the family is in, um, oh, man, I, I can't remember the scripture verse, but do you remember where uh, they said, hey, Jesus, your mother and your brother are outside the door. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus says, who are my mother and brother? Uh, the ones that do the will of my father. And then he gestures to everyone that he's eating with. And he said, these are my mothers and brothers. And I think what he was trying to say, uh, even though the church wasn't clearly established yet, uh, and even, but, but, but he was in the house of Israel, right? The, the people yes. of God. And so, so he was saying, man, the ones that do the will of my father are my family. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, wow. So, so that's a, that's a powerful redefine. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be super close with every single person that walks through the church doors. It just, no. mean, it just means that you guys share the, the most, uh, important thing in life that the, the, the the uh, lordship of Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you guys are all in this building, uh, all saying, "Man, people need to hear this good news." Absolutely. You know, and 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 that's a family bonding thing, right there. We all have that in common. Um, you know, one one of the uh, one of the things that I did this past Sunday, which uh, I'm glad that it it hit me in that moment to do, was really put special emphasis within our college students who mm-hmm. are getting ready to. Uh, actually, this week, most of them are already back at their universities, college institutions, wherever they're going. But letting them know, hey, look, just because you've left here and you're not at your home church doesn't give you reason to not attend church where you're at. Right. But to go find a good church. And Caleb was like, man, Kevin called me out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm glad because like, I, I want you in a church, man. Sure, like, yeah. Sure. Um, uh, and he was, he was joking about it too. Yeah, he, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't, you know, um, and then what's three show. It's a blessing to serve God. You know, I, I really just briefly skimmed on that one. Yeah. Um, 
but but you know we 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 see here within again going back to Matthew six thirty three. But if we seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Uh, then we go right back to our our main scripture in in Matthew five. Well, Blessed are those who what are hungering, thirsting for righteousness, for they will be filled. There's a lot with that word serve there that could be represented. You know, um, one we're serving God in servanthood. Uh, secondly, we're serving God as Him being our, our um, you know, with Jesus anyway, as Him being our Savior, our Master. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could really define that word serve in many different aspects. Yeah. Um, here's my thing. For us as families, as leaders within our families, as leaders within our church, um, is that we, we, we simply just need to get off our rear ends yeah. <laughs> and lead the way we're supposed to lead and, and create a Christ-centered culture within our family, within our, our churches, and, and leaning toward it and not, not allowing ourselves to, to, drift, to drift from that. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, service, um, when you said uh, it's a blessing to serve, I mean, I, I felt that because, um, you know, like before... I was actually employed here, you know, what, mm-hmm. what was it like 10 years before? Uh, like, like I did, I did, you know, just, just volunteer work here. Sure. Um, and I was on the band and I was in the youth group. Well, I was in the youth group band running all the kids away <laughs> and, uh, we, we, we had a good time then. <laughs> and, Maybe and not for me, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no. And I, and I, and I got to make like, uh, amazing friends, you know, Nehemiah and Ethan. Now they come here. Um, and, and, uh, we have, um, Christian in, in, in the congregation and, and we have, um, just people I've served with that, that, that we, we, we know that serving the Lord actually helped us to understand how important he was in our daily lives. So like serving others, like paved the way for us to understand, um, even more so how yeah. he can he can impact the life of a person and I'm a person so you know what I mean well one of the things that I find so fascinating about uh, us serving within in the local church let's just say it that way is that the demographic within the different age groups it can be so so uh, so different so so large gapped mm-hmm. but yet they get along yeah they no, end up I, enjoying sure. themselves they end up finding a common ground of interests and and so you see these generations bonding together, and that alone just, I don't know, to me it just really represents what the family of God is supposed to be about. Well, I was talking with Austin Smith the other day, and he was he was like, man, uh, I'm having a lot of fun on the praise team, you know, and right. and, uh, and I w- that, that was super encouraging for me. And then I talked with Logan Lambertson, um, and he was like, man, that, that Sunday, we just... We just were on it. We were on the ball that Sunday, and, yeah. and we were talking about this Sunday, the, the one we did uh, resurrecting. He was like, "Man, I just loved that drum solo. It was so fun." Sure. And and you know, you you get camaraderie. You get you get like this. Like if you if you have an interest in something, like let's say it's uh, let's say it's sports, let's say it's audio, let's say it is you know theological discussion. God sure. forbid. <laughs> you know, uh, um, getting like, trouble on that. One yeah, sometimes. yeah. Like uh, so 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 people find camaraderie and people find um, just, I, I don't know, friendship and um, companions by, by going and serving. And, and serve, so serving can be a blessing um, for sure. And, and, I, and I, I wanted to double back around on um, this, this idea of righteousness 
um, being something that comes out of I want to please God. And and so we, we've talked about involving God in your daily conversations, making church non-negotiable, show it's a blessing to serve God. Um, and I think those three things um, are good steps to ensure that righteousness is sought after with the intent of glorifying God. Um, and, and I just kind of want to address the why of why we do all, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think Hebrews, this is my favorite verse in the Bible, Hebrews 12, three through four. Uh, it, it kind of touches on the why. Uh, it says, for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. So the idea is that, like, look at Jesus. Look at how much he, for the prize set before him, which is you, yeah. you know, resisted sin to the point of shedding blood. Like, look, like if, you're, if you're having trouble fighting sin or fighting unrighteousness, go watch Passion of the Christ, man. You oh, know, yeah. like, like, It'll like, humble you. yeah, go, go watch, go watch any kind of dramatization of the crucifixion and just consider all the pain that he went through. Consider all the details of, of just oh, this really happened, you know, and it was for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that shows you like, man, God humbled himself. God is humble. And, and so if God is humble and, and, and he, lowered himself to the point of a criminal for me, you know, how much more should I look at that and be so filled with awe at the moral goodness of that? Sure. You know, and, and, and be able to kind of, uh, implement these three steps, implement the steps of making church non-negotiable. Um, and, and, and look, there's, there's so many other ways of, of doing it. These are just three ideas that, and thoughts that come about, but, uh, I mean, take look, take a look, Look at our lives. And, and, you know, I love it because James tells us that the Word of God is, is a, you know, the Bible itself, Scripture, is a mirror to us. Mm-hmm. Ref- when we're reading it, when we're taking a part of it, and, and that's where one of the challenges that I, I, I continually speak about as a discipline is that the Word of God, we must be disciplined within keeping ourselves in that, within the Scriptures. Uh, but James tells us that it, it, it will act as a reflection, showing us in our lives where our weak areas are, where our sin is, mm-hmm. uh, the things that we need to change. Uh, again, there's so many different ways that we can, uh, or different steps that we can use to to change that appetite. Right. So we're going after um, the righteousness of God, the morality. For sure. So. Well, thank you guys for listening to uh, the podcast. That's all we got uh, for today. And so if you go to Facebook, leave a comment on what this should be called, uh, name this podcast for us. We'd be appreciative. Thank you guys so much. And we'll try and see you next week. All right. Have a great one. All right. Bye.